What is up, my dudes? Welcome to Olympia Oddities. I'm Trista. And I'm Steven. And today, we're officially kicking off the first of our very special spooky season episodes. Hey. The tragic shipwreck of the Andalana, which happened in Tacoma, Washington. We'll tell you all about the ship, the circumstances and how it sank, the lives that were tragically lost, including those in the attempts to revive the ship from the ocean's floor, and some reported hauntings that have occurred in the area. This episode has a lot. I'm very psyched about this. As soon as you told me that it was going to be a sunken ship episode, I was super stoked. Yep, you got a shipwreck. You've got, ooh, a spooky photograph. Ooh. And a legend that comes out of it. Ooh, I need to see Ghost this photograph. ships. I'm so psyched for this. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Or not a fun one, I guess, because people died. But I don't know. Ghost ships are fun. So a sad <laughs> one. And then at the end, we'll wrap it up with a little bit of fun. Hell yeah. The Andalana was built by the Andalana Sailing Ship Company of Liverpool, England in 1889. The ship had four masts and weighed 2,395 tons. The length of the ship was 303.8 feet, so it was pretty big. That's Yeah, it's a pretty good sized ship. 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 Pretty good sized ship. That's kind of a tongue twister. <sighs> I wish I had another one that I could do, but I, I'm not good at those at all. A decently sized ship. A decently sized ship. Good sized ship. The master of the ship was a man named George W. Stalling. That's that's sus for all kinds of reasons. That pops all kinds of red flags. What do you mean? George W. <laughs> You're like, I'm immediately and then, out. And then fucking Stalling, sir. I don't want nobody who's got the last name Stalling. Do you have a habit of Stalling shit? Like, I don't care. That, that's a that's a that's a that that that's shit that's a ship dude that is 2395 tons there four masts <laughs> i'm sorry i'm still laughing at the fact that you're just immediately out at george w yeah you're like i'm not even sticking around here last now year. i already know it's been tainted i already know what happens to the ship anyways george w stalling had plenty of experience and he was a lifelong man of the seas he was from nova scotia nova scotia <laughs> And became the ship's master at age 42. The Andalana arrived in Tacoma on January 9th, 1899, after leaving Shanghai. The boat was moored at Eureka Dock, where all of the ballast was removed from the ship. All of the ship's holds and hatches were also cleared out and left open. This was because the ship was to be loaded with a load of 3,500 pounds of grain. That's a lot of grain. Yeah. I don't even, what are you I, doing with all that grain? I can't even imagine like what that even looks like. <laughs> like, yeah, a bunch of bags and whatnot, but 3,500 pounds. That's a lot of fucking grain. The Andalana had arrived with a crew of 28 men on board. After arriving at the port, eight of the Andalana's crew left by signing off the ship and signing on with other cargo ships. I feel like that's a lot of people to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Eight people. I hear that that was a pretty common thing, at least if you weren't Shanghai. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Is that? Can we say that? Uh, I don't know if that's a problematic term. I'll look it up a little bit later. But basically, what that is is I don't I don't think it's problematic. We'll look oh, it up in a bit. Hold on, but I'm gonna Google it. I'll have, I'll real time this. But basically, what it is is captains would be looking for a crew, and they would go to the local bars and whatnot like it would happen in seattle and tacoma like like notable places like that and then like down in san francisco port cities it would happen there and they would get these guys drunk as a skunk 
and they would they would say hey man like take us on we'll take you on the ship or whatever like you'll get some money and then we'll bring you right back but nah they get shanghai they take them over to shanghai and they just end up working for the rest of their life i mean there's a wikipedia page on it and it's called that so i'm going with like if wikipedia page like it was it was it was some shit like it happened back during the pirating days like that's but crazy. Uh, but yeah if if you weren't shanghai yeah i heard that that was a pretty common thing like like it kind, kind of like much now with like the crab boats how like guys would just kind of like disperse after their cruise and or, or not cruise but their their trip or whatever the hell you know um yeah they would kind of disperse and sometimes they would come back on a different boat or whatever yeah because back then it was also like i I, i'm not i mean i'm sure we're going to get into it but yeah pirating was also of course you know the whole they were running ships for the kings and whatnot and royalty and blah 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 um so yeah i could i could i could kind of see that being a thing where they were just kind of like hey you know i'm gonna see you next time maybe or i'm gonna go work for this guy i said all right cool i'm gonna go like find something else to get into hopefully and i'll let you know if you know if if anything turns up all right cool peace Makes sense to me, but the rumor for the crew leaving the Andalana may be due to a rumor that it was a super sketchy ship to work on, and it was rumored to be unstable on the water due to the ship's unusually tall mass. Because they had lost eight members of their crew already, and replacement crew members were hard to find, the rest of the crew that remained was forbidden to leave the ship while it was docked in Tacoma. George W. Stott, I told you it was sus. The one exception to this rule was Percy B. Buck, who was an apprentice seaman. He was allowed to leave the ship to seek treatment for a serious face injury. He was sent to the Fanny Paddock Memorial Hospital, which eventually became Tacoma General Hospital. Why'd they change it? That was a fun first name. Fanny Paddock Memorial Hospital? Who's Fanny Paddock? I gotta look her up now. See, this is the only way I was gonna know who Fanny Paddock was. With a name like that. On January 14, 1899, a tugboat called Fairfield helped move the Andalana to an anchorage in the middle of Commencement Bay. After they dropped the anchor, logs were chained on either side of the ship. This was done in an attempt to balance the boat, which was struggling with its high mast and empty cargo holds. Everything with the ship had seemed normal for the rest of the day and into the night, but in the morning, Captain Samuel Doty of the ship Walter S. Wilson noticed that the ship had vanished. His ship was anchored just a few hundred yards away from the where the Andalina had been. Uh-oh. I guess my question with like the 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 why wouldn't you dry dock it? But I guess I I I I I don't know. Because I think they were like preparing to load. I don't know. They'd already lo- no. They hadn't loaded the grain yet because it was empty. Um, I think that they were like moving it out there so they could load it with stuff. I guess that makes sense. I, yeah, yeah. I just it. it i guess I, I guess another question is like would it have been known to have been a problem ship when it was empty which at that point i'd have been like we gotta dry dock this baby i but think yeah, i don't know i think because they thought that the logs that they chained to it had been like enough to prevent this from happening and i don't think that they were like that worried about it uh-uh. Uh, Captain Doty had thought that maybe the ship had lost the anchor and floated away, so he had his crew launch a dinghy and row him over to the dock, where the tugboat Fairfield was moored. (laughs) He rounded up help from Captain John E. Kinney, Tacoma's port surveyor, and Captain Thomas S. Burley, master of the Fairfield, and set out to examine the scene where the boat previously was. They weren't able to find a single trace of the missing ship. In the Fairfield, they traveled to the northeast side of the bay. It was there that they discovered their first clue. 
One of the logs that had been attached to the Andalana's sides with broken chains dangling from it. Soon after this discovery, they found a few other objects. The first was a lifeboat, and the other was a mattress. Both of these items had the Andalana name on them. They also discovered a few oars washed up on the shore. With these morbid discoveries, they were able to piece together what had happened. The boat had sunk. They searched the area for any trace of survivors, bodies, or wreckage, but their efforts turned up nothing. They anchored the Fairfield, and through four hours of searching using grappling irons, they finally located the Andalana. The ship was lying broadside at the bottom of Commencement Bay, about 500 yards out. Damn. Kind of metal. The Andalana's position was marked with a lighted buoy as a safety measure. Later that evening, they were also able to recover another lifeboat and a foghorn out of the water after they rose to the surface. The theory of how the shipwreck happened was decided upon by the captains we mentioned before. A storm with high winds had rolled into Commencement Bay the night that the ship had sunk, and they theorized that the ship was lifted out of the water on one side due to the wind, which had lifted the log attached to it out of the water. This caused the chains on the log to break, capsizing the ship, and water rushed into the ship's open and empty holds. The entire event of the shipwreck took just minutes. Captain Stalling and 16 crew members had been trapped and went down with the ship, losing their lives in the process. Damn, that's brutal. Yeah, it's... I can't even imagine how scary that must have been. That's uh, just... that's, That's so fast. Word of the disastrous shipwreck got around and eventually reached George Kenny, who was working on another ship but had worked on the Andalana in the past. He told the Seattle Post-Intelligencer that he had worked on the ship during its last voyage but had signed off the ship in Shanghai, China. Kennedy had told him that one of the crew members who left and signed off the ship in Tacoma told him that Captain Stalling had been locking the crew in the fort ca- in the forecastle at night to prevent anyone from taking off and heading off to join another ship's crew. Shanghai. Boom. Kennedy was quoted as saying, they must have gone down like rats in a trap without a chance to save themselves. That's so, that's so fucking shitty. I remember you telling me about like an enslaved crew earlier, like when you were explaining this to me, but for whatever reason, my brain just totally evaded being Shanghai. But when Shanghai China got brought up right here, I was like, oh crap, these guys were Shanghai. And I just, Threw my Reese's pieces all over the place. But <laughs> but damn, that is that is brutal. I feel so bad for those guys. Damn. The Andalana had a hundred thousand dollar in- insurance policy on it, so the insurance company started exploring the cost of raising the ship from the ocean's depths and whether or not it would be possible to do so. The ship was believed to be undamaged, which was part of the reason why they were looking into this. One of the proposed ideas for recovering the ship was to drag the ship into shallower waters, where divers would seal up all the hatches and pump out the seawater while air was pumped in. The theory behind this was that the ship would be able to ride itself and float back up to the surface. Honestly, just imagining that, that would be be really cool to witness. Have you ever seen, like, one of those big like container ships or, like, Coast Guard ships that they'll purposefully flip them over? No. Yeah, they're designed for that. I'll pull up a video for you later. And anybody listening, go watch this shit because it is insane. It's it's like a like damn near aircraft carrier size, a little bit smaller. But it's yeah, it's like a, a regular like cargo ship looking kind of thing or like a Coast Guard ship. And they'll the, it'll literally flip itself in case that happens in the ocean so that it can flip itself right back over. And That's it is cool. the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's insane. 
it is insane. Yeah, no. I'm more of a plane nerd than a ship nerd, but that's fascinating. My daddy was in the Navy. <laughs> and my daddy was in the Air Force. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, though, every single attempt at bringing the Andalana back to the surface failed. In one attempt, grappling irons were attached to the hull of the Andalana, and four of the most powerful tugboats in the area attempted to pull it up. As the tugboats pulled, the chains came undone, and the suddenly free tugboats surged forward, nearly crashing into a dock. Ding, 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 God damn it. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) You can edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the tugboats nearly Tokyo drifted into the dock. (laughs) Fast. Oh, what are they on now? Fast eight. Tugboat drift. No, I think they did nine. Fast 10, tugboat, uh, tug, tugboat drift. Oh, crap, I lost it. The many failed attempts to raise the Andalana actually caused another death in the process. William Baldwin was a 45-year-old Seattle man, and he was a deep-sea diving master who had a lifetime of experience in and on the ocean's waters. He was promised $35,000 for his help if it succeeded in raising the ship. Deep sea divers didn't go beneath 150 feet of the water surface due to the extreme water pressure, but Baldwin actually made several dives to the Andalana, which rested on the ocean's bottom at 200 feet. This actually set a world record for deep sea diving at the time. Yeah, who who's who's this guy, Jacques Cousteau? I can't imagine a more scary thing than like the early days of deep sea diving. I was just about to say Could that. Could you imagine being like the first guy to try out one of those like big heavy metal? You know what I mean? Like the real old yeah. timey. Oh, like God. made of like brass or copper. Yeah. I think they were made of brass, but still. Oh man, just so claustrophobic and like. I just yeah. I remember being at like some weird museum with my mom sometime, or like a zoo, or I think it was a zoo, and they had like a like the the full thing and you could like tug on a rope and see how heavy it was lighter than expected but still a bear god unfortunately the air pump on board was only uh capable of providing 75 psi to his suit and his 200 foot dives required a psi of 91 to keep his suit properly inflated during his fourth dive down a gasket on the pump's third cylinder failed which caused his pressurized suit to collapse Baldwin was immediately crushed to death. Oh, man. Yeah, that's just so tragic and, like, just so brutal. Baldwin's dive crew was exonerated after his death, after it was found that they did everything in their power to try to help him. In fact, it was discovered that Baldwin had inspected the air compressor the day previous to his death, and he had found it to be safe. So it really was just a tragic accident. Just freak accident. After Baldwin's tragic death, no other attempts to raise the Andalana were made. There was some discussion of trying to move the ship so she wouldn't be a hazard to other ships, but none of these plans were ever put into action. Eventually, it was agreed that the Andalana could not be moved. Instead, the ship was covered by tons of silt flowing into the bay from the Puyallup River, where it still lays to this day, with the bodies of all 17 crew members still inside. If a more modern rescue attempt of the Andalana was ever attempted, it's unlikely that anything would be found other than some metal and wood. Some surviving relics from the ship do exist, such as some gavels created for Republican clubs in the area from some of the material that divers were able to recover. The Tacoma Historical Society has a scale model of the Andalana that was carved from a piece of wood 
One of the spookiest things about the Andalana shipwreck, in my opinion, is that the entire crew had their picture taken by a photographer the day before it sank. Wilhelm Hester was a maritime photographer who had snapped a picture of the crew and a dog, who unfortunately also died when the ship sank. By the time the photo was printed, everyone in the photo was dead. For the rest of his career, Hester refused to ever photograph an entire crew together ever again, and he made at least one member stand off to the side. Which I get, but like, could you imagine the one guy who's like, man, I kind of wanted to be in the picture. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, no, Carl, I sat out last week for the last picture. It's your turn. Guys, we got to find some new photographers. These We keep getting all these superstitious ones. Due to the tragic circumstances surrounding the sinking of the Andalana, it's not surprising that stories of ghostly happenings in the area have popped up. While researching this, I found personal accounts of people recalling seeing ghost ships, full-bodied apparitions of the boat's crew, and strange noises. That's kind of rad. I have a question for you. What do you think is scarier? Like a ghost, like a full-body apparition, or an entire ghost ship? Because personally, I think it would be cool to see a ghost ship, but the idea of just like seeing like a person or like a shadowy outline, I don't like that at all. But if I saw like an entire ship, I'd be like, that was sick. I don't think I'd be scared. But you think that it would take more ghostly power to summon up an entire ship instead of just one person. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. I also think it's like a case by case thing where like we ain't helming no ships. <laughs> like, could you imagine being like oh, a yeah, crab fisherman like- <laughs> or like fucking yeah, and then you just look over and just kind of like, oh fuck, that's Jimmy. Fuck, like, and you're just like, oh, out of nowhere, you're just like, we lost him like eight years ago. What the fuck? What was he doing? <laughs> I'm just thinking. I was about to be like, what's he doing out there? And now I'm just thinking about our Squatch Fest. interaction but uh our experience with that dude was like what are you doing out here you're not supposed to be out here (laughs) but no go back to that man at squatch fest who told a story about like his dad driving through the countryside (laughs) and like bigfoot was in a storm and he saw him running across the hill and the guy's like dad got out of the car he told an entire room of people this got out of the car and went over to bigfoot and his dad was like what are you doing out here you're not supposed to be out here which i'm still perplexed (laughs) by because like where else is Bigfoot supposed to be? Uh, seriously. Besides the outdoors. Oh, he has an accounting job in Tacoma now. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just felt like that needed no. an explainer because that was kind of a weird callback. But no, that's just, that's just what it made me think of. Um, but yeah, I've, I think personally, yeah, a, a, a personal ghost encounter is, is probably creepier than... A ghost ship, but also catch me on a ship one day. Actually, don't catch me on a fucking cruise ship or anything like that. Sorry, I saw an ad for that recently, and I was like, that looks like a big bucket of nope. Like, it looks like fun, but it also looks like I'm going to get tired of that. Uh, I'm just going to get I'm just going to get cabin fever real fast. But yeah, if if I'm on like a a deck of a ship and I look out and I see a ghost ship and and I know that's a ghost ship, I, I might change my tune. I feel like, yeah, now that I think about it, it's, like, really, like, it's it's context-wise. If I see a ghost ship from the shore, I'm not afraid. It can't do anything. It's the size of the ghost. It's, and then it depends on the ship. Because That's if I I'm get, talking. like, a Margarita-style, Margaritaville-style <laughs> cruise ship coming my way, a little... 
Like, I just, I, I'm here for that. Like, I'm not afraid Sponge of that at all. Um, but, uh, if it's like a, you know, SpongeBob callback, but Flying Dutchman style pirate ship, that's a little bit more spooky. Oh, that would be fucky, dude. Right? Um, and then you see like Barbosa come running out all skeletal and shit. Oh, that would fuck me up. Black Pearl shit. Out on the waters, just some Disney shit going on. Too spooky. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. We're always taking submissions for topic ideas, so you can either email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram or Facebook at Olympia Oddities Podcast. If you want to support us, you can leave us a five-star review, tell a friend about us, or give our social media a follow. I'm Trista, and you can follow my personal Instagram at Saloon Ghost. I'm Steven, and I'm going to go join a ghost ship crew. And until next time, friends.